What's good? What is good? What is good? Happy Saturday. Good morning to you all. This is the Chop Up Show. I am Damo the Political Plug. I got my dog with me, Toya G. But we also got a special guest today. Uh, some some may even call this a Destiny's Child reunion. Yeah. yeah. G Lee is in the building. <laughs> What's good with you, bro? Mr. Education is Elevation himself. You know what I'm saying? Uh, woke up, or well, I guess it's noon over there. Uh, we woke up. He joined us. You know what I'm saying? To to have this Supreme Court conversation. Was good with you, Toya? Was good, Lee? Listen, another Saturday morning in the hood. Shout out to the Chop Nation. You know we fluctuating schedules and doing different things and doing what we want to this summer. So, you know, this is a huge part of us popping in. We want to bringing in who we want to. We just want to talk about some good business. And we got the Mr. Squinter himself. I ain't no telling what he's trying to read right now, but it's <laughs> no. always good to have Lee in the building, man. I accidentally uh, ticked off of, uh, Riverside. Uh, oh, good. I'm, I'm getting invited in. Oh, good. Oh, good. Uh, so, you know we had to bring it's the homie. Already. We, no, we had rusty, to. A little rusty, man. Of course. Um, you, you know how that goes. Uh, but, but we had to bring the homie to talk about this Supreme Court foolishness so if y'all ain't been paying attention man in the last couple days the supreme court been on some how how far are we into the show we ain't we ain't too many yet the supreme court has been on some foolishness we, we will use yeah. more um nonsense time fully all all of those pg terms for bs Right, we yeah. we gonna get to the more colorful language as we get deeper in the show, but you know we got to keep it PG to get it started. But it's crazy. The Supreme Court is currently attacking progress right now, uh, and so if y'all have not heard, uh, affirmative action has been uh, overturned in higher education, and specifically, to be clear, affirmative action in terms of race considerations, because there there are other forms of there are other forms of affirmative action that still take right. place like legacy admissions staff admissions all of those types of things still prioritize one particular group of people but you can't use race right even though we know statistically that when uh, affirmative action is banned uh racial disparities increase right i also think it's important to recognize that gender has not been problematized and that's important because as a black woman Right. Like, yes, there are some possibilities, but there are some now discrepancies and things that may constrict or even undermine the ability of black women to navigate these spaces. Right. So a lot of different ways that this comes at the expense of a lot of the cracks and crevices of progress that we've been making in terms of just getting more black representation into fields and into areas and into spaces and into disciplines that they were already not a part of. Right. A big conversation has been had about what's going to happen to the medical field. One of the mm. most important and significant components of what allows for equality and equity to be experienced in an already very unequal world. We already know what healthcare looks like in general for everybody, but we right. know that it's quadruply and quintuply bad most of the time for black people in terms of the ability to access care, to have good, fair, like quality care, to have, you know, consistency throughout that care with people who understand the cultural intersections, the cultural uh, just elements and components of what it means to be black and live in the United States and have certain medical issues, right? And so now we have even less 
black students who are able to get into medical schools, who are able to get into undergrad programs, who are able to start to fill the seats in one of the most important areas of Extremely our society. Right? So that is something that a lot of people are ringing an alarm about because the, the numbers are already fatally low, like literally fatally low in that field probably. by itself. So now you have even more barriers to black kids getting to, 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 to medical school and to becoming be doctors. the doctors that we need to keep, our, keep us alive. Right. literally keep us alive especially when we when we know that for example uh black women uh mortality rates pregnant black women mortality rates ridiculous Let's talk about uh, it. Bla- uh, uh black symptoms aren't taken as serious Pe- motherfuckers still believe that black people don't feel pain like everybody else so it's, it, yeah. there, there are a lot of uh identity issues that come up with medicine and it got to do with not having enough people that look like us in that in that arena lee what was your there we go. And Lee, what was your uh, uh, initial reaction to the affirmative to the affirmative action shit? Uh, my initial reaction was I wasn't surprised, but uh, I was initially uh, taken over by my annoyance of people just being legally illiterate, racially illiterate, uh, lacking the ability to read and write when it comes to uh, the law, Issues when it race. comes to uh, yeah. race. You me? And it just made me, uh, made me think about just the various ways this country be playing them games. You know what I'm saying? So when I think about colorblindness, it's like, hey, when you talk about the legacy admissions, you know, if we have a predominantly white institution that has had a legacy of only a line for white people to be in there, who you think, what race you think is going to be more likely to be let in on them legacy admissions? You know what I'm right. saying? Okay, when it comes to donating, you feel me? If your daddy give $25 million to the school, you feel me? And I'm a building after him. Now they're no longer worried about your GPA, your test score, you get in. What race do you think is more likely benefiting from donating? So to me, it's just really, to me, it's just uh, about how, you know, language is very important and about how not only double speak get used, <clears throat> but also how individuals are able to be uh, facetious and deceptive in what's really going on. One thing I want to say, too, the last thing I want to say about this before we move to some of these other decisions that have been crazy here lately and in alignment with um, what Lee was just talking about. You got donors, you got legacy, you got employees of the university who are able to get their students into this pipeline no matter what, even without affirmative action. But this is why we can't we would be remiss if we didn't point out the danger of junior partnerships, because now you have a bunch of Asian Americans. We have to remember that this charge was led not just by white people. This was by Asian Americans who felt as though black people and black students were getting the positions their students and kids need to be getting in certain programs and access to certain resources. But y'all not the legacy. Y'all not the donors. Y'all are not the people who are the shareholders in that particular, the shareholders in that particular component. So now you've boosted the ability for people with a whole bunch of money who are already in that pipeline, <laughs> get their kids right on through it. Your kid's going to be sitting right next to our kids trying to figure out why the hell we can't get into these schools. And that is what a lot of the conversation has been about, about chickens coming home to roost because the same Asian Americans who got the rights they got in this country as a result of the fight that we did in the civil rights movement and that the fight that black people have done through Jim Crow and done to even fight against specific literal targets like the Chinese exclusion that right teach been in the midst of all of those conversations advocating for teach. that particular group but when it comes time to getting access to resources and things like that junior partnership says i'm a cozy up to white people i'm gonna try to get in alignment with the things they have access to to the lifestyles they the lifestyles they live to the ways that they think about black people and other minorities and see where that gets me and it, it's it's gonna be sad to see that it's not gonna get you nowhere it doesn't get you nowhere it's to swing the block back you feel me it's really something about how the black presence in these particular institutions make other individuals feel like the actual prestige and the value of the degree itself is now denigrated to me, like hey people usually say hey you black people stay out the past stay out the past 
stay out the past. But the way in which people are celebrating this uh, Hallmark decision right here is giving like, well, granddad only had to go to go to school at Harvard and Yale with two percent Negroes. I gotta go to school with twelve percent Negroes. Mm-hmm. How dare these Negroes? Be this? That's really what it's giving, and it's also showing in me. <laughs> Well, it's like, hey, peep game. It's something about how anti-blackness becomes this little solidarity movement thing where it's like, hey, the same uh, conservative white people that was not giving a damn about uh, Asians and really advocating for Asian hate. Right. The same conservative white people now that's clicking up with tokenized Asian people. Not all Asian people, but the tokenized ones that want to be able to use and kind of swipe into the minority myth. Them ones right there is able to weaponize how how white people have paranoia about our black presence. And then yes. before we get off of this affirmative action thing, too, this last thing I'll say is something that's very revealing. Mm-hmm. We know about the military academy exception, right? Come on. We know about Talk about how it. Talk about it. Said, hey, we got a beef with diversity and black people being included in, 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 in academies and higher education, except for when it comes to the military. Hey, black people, if you willing to put your life on the line to fight in the, the Navy, the, 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 do what the, you do, the Air Force, the, the, the Marines, the Marines. <laughs> yeah. hey, you'll be able to be a little diversity in the military has an issue with it. There is literally a military academy exception that says that if a black person willingly is trying to put their life on the line to fight patriotism, we love that diversity. Yes. The only exception yes. we have is diversity. What's, what's crazy is that, what's crazy is that, uh, California kind of went through this before we move to the next one. I want and uh, they got rid of affirmative action in Cal in, in California schools and in, in like back in like ninety six. Yeah. Those those schools have not been able to meet their diversity quotas since then. Come on. Once they got rid of affirmative action, they were no longer able, no matter how, they spent billions of dollars on alternative admissions projects, alternative mm-hmm. admissions, and they still not able to get the amount of people, uh, amount of people of color to, to, to close those disparities. So while people, you know, Fox News want to talk about how it's a question of being merit-based, this ain't got shit to do with, this ain't got shit to do with merit, especially when most of the people that get into Harvard, most of those, uh, uh, I'm going to say most. There are a large section of individuals who get into Harvard only because they people did. They don't don't talk thirty percent. That's a lot. Don't talk to me about merit when you get in just only because your daddy went there or because your daddy worked for Goldman Sachs or because your daddy worked for Merrill Lynch or you know what I'm saying your daddy clerked on the Supreme Court. Your mama did. You know what I'm saying like all of, all of these relationships is just giving people opportunities to to go to Ivy League. But when when it's a question of making sure black people get those same opportunities, now it's a question of merit. Y'all on some bullshit. But that's only one. With the intersection, uh, the intersections of race and class, they show it's something weird about how most people are only zooming in to the top level Ivy League schools and not really thinking about like the state level schools and thinking about the schools that's not as funded. You see right. what I'm saying? And to end, the last thing I would say is there is going to be some residual impacts on how emissions and how emissions are funded at HBCUs because a historically black university is literally structured around race admissions. Mm-hmm. Not saying that all admissions at HBCUs are black. I want to be clear about that. There have been white people been going to HBCUs since the beginning of HBCUs. Day. You see what I'm saying? But however, I do not think that there is going to be HBCUs being immune to the way in which admissions is operating, even though we're only focused on the predominantly white institutions. Mm-hmm. All I would say about that. So appreciate that. Hey, and we, and we want to hear from y'all in the chat too. 
So y'all make sure y'all like, cause all y'all heard the same news like I did, right? But this was the thing. When I heard, so I heard the affirmative action shit. I was like, okay, I'm gonna sit on it. You know what I mean? Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my thoughts together and I'm gonna put some content out. Y'all go check out the political plug on, on TikTok as well as the chop up show on Instagram. We put out some content about it, right? I was on the phone with Toya and George. We was talking about it after it happened the, uh, the day before. The next day, when we thinking about how we gonna approach it, and then we, and then I found out about uh, the what was that? What was the next one? The uh, 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 uh no, nah, I think I well, I think it was it was the gay discrimination case I found out about. Mm-hmm. The next one. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I wait. The, I thought the gay one was yesterday, but yeah, the, the order is we know it all happened. It all happened this week. It, yeah, it, it all it, it was 48 oh, hours. Yeah, it was quick. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Cause the, cause the sec the next one I heard about was the gay discrimination case, right? And this is a case where a uh, web designer was allegedly, and that allegedly is gonna become important here in a second. Asked uh, was asked to create a gay uh, a marriage website for a gay couple, right? Come to find uh, now, the, the Supreme Court ruled in favor of the people who's making the website. They don't have to make the website for a gay couple, religious freedoms, all that bullshit, right? Come to find out, the the uh, person that was alleged to ask for this website being made didn't even ask for that. Yeah, that part of the shit is completely made up. Not real. They contacted the individual whose oh, email not address. Real. Not re- bro. They contacted the individual whose e- whose email address and uh and and uh phone number was on the request form. They called him and he like, hey, somebody using fake information on the Supreme Court case because <laughs> I I didn't ask for this shit. But but the outcome of this case has now led to uh, uh like pretty much legalizing discriminating against gays right so now yeah. so now here we are we get affirmative action you feel me net uh, uh being being overturned right so now no no special whatever for people of color to to, to get into schools but we're gonna turn around and say it's cool to it's, it's cool to discriminate against gays we can say it more we can say it more poetically right in America, you cannot discriminate as a reason against somebody's religion, but you can use religion as a reason to discriminate to against. Ah, see how that works there. Everybody that's not in America, you feel <laughs> goddamn. You better be mindful of your liberties and your religion because I might use my religion to discriminate against you. I mean, and that's what I've been saying is an uptick. Well, here's the thing. RIP to Twitter. This is breaking news. Apparently, Twitter <laughs> is limiting. This is a little sidebar. Apparently, Twitter Twitter is limiting our posts. Um, so, the de facto, I mean, just ultimately, it's kind of over because, uh, yeah, boo that. <laughs> Apparently, if you are an unverified member of Twitter, you get 600 posts a day. If you are a new unverified member of Twitter, you get 300 uh, unverified, I mean, it's 300 posts a day. And if you are a verified member of Twitter, i.e., you paid for that check mark, what is it, $8 a month? Mm-hmm. If you pay for that, you ought to be able to see 6,000 posts a day. So Twitter is basically saying this is a subscription-based app at this point. You have to pay to participate. If not, you won't be able to see posts. I say that because before I was really interrupted through my scrolling on Twitter, there was a lot of different posts of uh, LGBTQ businesses putting up signs. That's like, if you come in with a shirt that say God or Jesus, if you come in, you know, um, with certain things that represent your religion. If you are a Christian, like you can't come in, you know, and it's it's complicated because now there there's gonna be backlash. 
right? You, this is 2023. There are a bunch of different businesses and we have grown and pivoted towards celebrating the identity of business owners, right? And celebrating those different spaces and establishments and encouraging those establishments to be safe places for the people they identify with. And now all of a sudden you won't want to try to fly up in there to your favorite co-op or to your favorite uh, tattoo shop or to your favorite. They're going to be like, we don't serve you. You know what I'm saying? I can't do nothing with you. Your favorite bakery, your favorite neighborhood coffee shop is about to deny you service. Because what they say, and this is the old school statement, see if y'all ever heard it, turnabout is fair play. Is what my grandma and them used to say back there. Uh, it's what you did to me. If I do it back to you, that's game. You know what I'm saying? That should be inbounds and we should be good to go. And so what I'm seeing, the vibe I'm getting, is that a lot of businesses have the plan and have the intent on backlashing on Christians or on straight people or on whomever they feel like they want to parse out and identify somebody whom they can deny service to as well. Hey, and so, <laughs> yo, look. What's crazy though is when, when Toya was explaining that, it made me think, right? So you got a gay tattoo shop, right? I mean, not even necessarily a gay t- tattoo shop, but just a tattoo artist that just so happened to be gay, right? Mm-hmm. You come in, you like, I want John 316 across my chest. Bro. For what, what, why wouldn't that individual who is looking at what the Supreme Court is saying be like, I'm not doing that religious shit. I'm not doing no Bible. I'm not doing no Bible shit on you. I don't believe in that. I don't agree with that yeah. shit. Or not even, or not even, not even a uh, gay atheist. I, I don't believe in the Bible. Like, why would I, I don't want to do that. I hear this is uh, illustrate how the pendulum don't, don't, don't swing the same. You feel me? Cause it's, cause, cause in my mind, you know, Within, you know, all of us, we all understand within Christian teaching, you feel me, the idea of being, you know, uh, targeted, you know what I'm saying, of being persecuted for being a Christian is a part mm-hmm. of the thing, you know what I'm saying, a part of, you feel me, the entirety of the story, I remember, see what I'm saying? Yeah. For me, it's looking like, hey, man, all I let it do is just make it where people would be more likely to shoot up some shit because you told me I couldn't come in there and praise my Jesus and or, you know what I'm saying? Like I keep on going, but I am I'm saying open the imagination box up too much. Yeah, we can't even play with it. Because people get bright ideas and say they heard them here on the chop up. You didn't, but what is possible is endless though when it comes to being like, hey man, Christian this, that, and the other, this, that, and the other. You know, it's like what they were saying right now. I know this and this one I knew we was in for some shit, right? But this this is when I knew I thought we were gonna be segmenting this. This is when I knew that the Republican Revolution and the judiciary activism was top notch. When everybody that was calling Trump a op for four, five years, and Trump started saying, we can have drag queens come and read in the schools, but we can't pray in the schools. Mm. And they started talking about Marxists and socialists and feminists trying to teach the kids and perverting them and grooming them. And you had, I'm talking about the most pro-black of the pro-black of your favorite blog pages reposting it. I knew then that the, uh, the pipeline we're gonna get into the pipeline. The pipeline was way bigger than I realized. Yeah. So mm-hmm. before before we move to the next case, I, I, again, I want to reiterate: the individual that was behind the, the alleged accusations of asking for this website, it has come out publicly on record and said that is not me. Uh, as it says here in, in a Guardian article, because they contacted them to see what was up. It say uh, it says. 
But Stewart, who has requested his last name be withheld for privacy, said in an interview mm. with The Guardian that he never sent the message, even though it correctly lists his email address and telephone number. He has also been happily married to a woman for the last 15 years. He's quoted as saying, I can confirm I did not contact 303 Creative about a website, which is the which is the uh, uh, company uh, mm. that that sued right for uh, uh, for what uh, religious freedoms or whatever he says it's fraudulent in so much as someone is pretending to be me and looking to marry someone called mike that's not me two lower courts two lower courts dismissed this suit for this reason alone for this reason alone but the supreme court took it and dismissed mike, this part of it who are we even dealing with <laughs> and, and in the decision and in the decision, they even say, well, you know, this doesn't, it doesn't have to actually have happened. This is, this is a case that could happen. So we ruled on it. What are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> what are we like, doing? Ooh, when they do it. <laughs> so, all right. So then, so niggas I, was like, oh, okay. took a while to probably sing that shit. Um, sorry. No, it's good. It's good. Cause it, 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 it took, an, it took a minute to be like, okay. Affirmative action, I right, I'm kind of hot about that. Uh, this this gay discrimination shit, we don't fuck with discrimination at all. So that's definitely not cool. It don't matter if I'm gay or not, right? Mm. We don't discrimination is not cool. Period. Then Toya gets a third phone call from me, yeah. like, yo, they blocked student loan forgiveness. <laughs> yeah. It's up. I'm like, it's up, yo. It's up. It's static. It's an electric. Hey, it's too much to forgive twenty thousand dollars to a person that come from a seventy-five thousand dollar family, but we can give goddamn seven hundred billion dollars in PPP loan forgiveness, but we can't get these poor. They better stop eating avocado toast and stop going to Starbucks. But listen, though, if you got a multi-million dollar corporation that literally has an entire HR department, the finance department, if you mismanage your funds, the government will stem you them, goddamn. Plus. <laughs> No, 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 no. This thing is childish. Stim you them and stim you us. And then when they try to stim you us, you got them right. When you read the fact, it come with way more for them. You see what I'm saying? So listen, when the conservatives be like, well, you can't, you can't cancel your car loan. You can't cancel your house loan. Shit, tell that to all them corporations that you forgave them for. Or when you're giving all them kickbacks and subsidies and all them tax breaks. And they playing in our face. And then uh, in this room, this is about this, right? The correlation between when we seen black admission go up. Remember, hey, our parents ain't the employees of these universities. Mm-hmm. Our parents ain't the one donated to these universities. So when we acknowledge that there was an increase of black participation or black admissions in higher education, how we paid for it. So shit, it's bad for you to take the race-based admission. Shit, don't cancel on race-based ass loans you gave me too. Hey, so we, so- <laughs> already show a hey, game. Black people took statistically more loans because we don't come from donor families. Yeah, we trying to get out. So shit, shit, what, we don't come from families where our parents graduated college. Shit, like me and my mama had to figure that shit out together. What you feel me? Like, in- my mom was a crib. His mama was a, you know what I'm saying, a, 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 a tri-delt. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> your, your, your daddy was a drug dealer. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. His daddy was a goddamn uh, CEO, CFO. 
Come yeah. on now. Stop playing. Yeah. What was you about to say to him? I mean, but just know the idea, you know, a lot of people, the argument against it notoriously is, oh, well, if I pay my loans, I just don't understand why you just would ever sign up for something without the anticipation to be able to, being able to pay your loans. It's your own fault for being stupid enough to ever just think that somebody was going to wipe your debt clean if you take on a debt. You pay it. No. What we bought into was the narrative that you gave us when y'all was bringing y'all asses to our class, when y'all had these guidance, guidance counselors coming to our classes, when you had us going to them, signing, you know what I'm saying, like signing up for colleges and going to college fairs and shit like that, which was the American dream being accessible to niggas, being accessible to the average person. We were supposed to be able to go to college. We were supposed to take these loans out. We were supposed to get decent jobs. We were supposed to live lives that then would allow for us to pay back the loans. Everybody lives in harmony. We buy a little piece of a house, right. a piece of a car, and be given a sustainable society to make money move in a way that would allow for us to pay back our debts. We don't live with a little in career. With a little right. career. We don't live in that world at all. Close, close. So and- how your broke ass get more? How your broke ass got less access access to subsidized loans from the government than a corporation does? So Come you're on. more likely. Get a hey, listen, it's no issue to get an unsubsidized loan. We know that from school, huh? Hey, that give you the whole limit. You feel me? Shit, you want to run up your debt? Hey, man, right. thousand, it'll go twenty thousand. But as soon as you take it, we're gonna start taking debt. No, nobody multi-billion dollar corporations getting unsubsidized loans. I mean, a subsidized loans, literally, literally. So it's like, hey, get this loan, you ain't gotta pay and we start taking on interest for like a couple years from now. We might not even make you pay it back. Meanwhile, you didn't get you didn't took fifty thousand dollars. You owe the government fifty. You owe the government two hundred. You only borrowed fifty. You only borrowed fifty. Hey, corporations they take two hundred million dollars, pay back zero. Talk that shit. Talk that shit. I think uh, and what what's what's a what's what's a, a a bigger problem is that we hear these conversations about well I had to pay back my loans, but that shit never comes up when we talking about like PPP loans. That shit never comes up when we talking about bank bailouts. That shit never comes up when we talking about industry bailouts, like like we saw with the automobile industry, etc. You know what I mean? So it's like the motherfuckers that's supposed to be the, the people oh, that's supposed to be the people that's supposed to be making. You know what I'm saying? A stat creating these responsible and useful and productive economic institutions, they fuck up the most. Yeah. But but we like students. You know what I'm saying? Niggas like us, <laughs> niggas like us, we have to, because we, because niggas ain't got the jobs that was promised when you went to college. Yeah. Like we, we, our generation is the generation that they told motherfuckers like, yeah, go to college, get a degree, get you a nice job. Like Toya said, buy you a house, do all these things like, and, and, and start a family, all of that. I, listen, it's some, it's a few people I know that got their degrees doing the shit that they got their degrees in. You got other motherfuckers. that's just like, shit, I got a degree. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, nah, nah, Lee. Yeah, no, you, yeah. You know, well, that's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. Uh, and so that was that was like a quick forty-eight hours in the fucking Supreme Court. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, like it just boom, boom, boom of bullshit. What you supposed to say to it? It was I, the two things that I just think of when I think about how rapid fire it was was how I. It's not even two things. I guess it's just. In this weird two sides of the same fucked up coin, we have one side where I think I am implicated in every single decision in some way that was made, right? And let's include Roe versus Wade, right? Mm -hmm. So I potentially could be denied a business if I go 
gas and to do some shit. Affirmative action has probably played a significant role in everything from because a lot of people are like, y'all see what's happening in education. This is just affecting education. The shit's gonna roll over to affect employment after a while, and nobody's gonna be safe because quotas and things, places like businesses and an industry is not gonna be important. They're doing away with it just in education for right now. Be careful for the workplace, right? So the circle now pull over. You know, and the backlash, right? The continued mm-hmm. backlash. Because backlash ain't done. This is just a part of the blow. This is one of the ways of the backlash. And we're going to get to backlash from what in a minute. But um, so I'm gay. Can't get some shit. Affirmative action. My children ain't going to be able to access no shit. Or the people I care about, the students that I tutor and mentor, the students that are about to come into my classroom. I'm an educator on the college level. The students who come into my classroom are about to get even wider than they've ever been before. So let's talk about some of those things. By the way, affirmative action, or like, I'm not even going to go down that rabbit hole. We'll, we'll <laughs> talk about it. Um, then we look at uh, student loans. Oh, plenty of those. Been paying on them. Ain't scratched the surface. Needle ain't moved yet. Uh, and then Roe versus Wade got my insides all tangled up and twisted up and the possibilities all over the damn place. So blow after blow after blow after blow. But here's the gotcha. Here's the other side of that coin I was mentioning. There are people walking around this world who are in, unaffected by any of them. There are people who are straight, who are affluent, who uh, 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 are male or even white women because we know white women were because they're white being accepted to these institutions even more and affirmative action was definitely boosted ass and like i mentioned before affirmative action has only been done away with in terms of race so in terms of sex they still gonna get that boost so they're gonna be good white people good white families good um and then you know it's plenty of women out there have to reason me in this predicament this little pickle we in right now is that they don't understand or care about fucking reproductive rights or what happens to other women or people who are able to do, produce babies or have a reproductive organs that needs a particular type of care they don't give a shit about right. them so it's people and not to mention the men right so they're just people walking around who are just like hmm interesting uh-huh. and then they fold their little you know because you know they still reading the paper version of the 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 the, the journal or the mm-hmm. times and they going on about their business they getting in like super yachts it's summertime they on vacation they're on holiday um and they're living their fucking lives while we out here just sitting watching everything that we thought we even had we knew it was bullshit even when we kind of had it because it wasn't really secure you know right. uh but that was really gone and that is what blows me that is what blows my mind. So thank you. I just ain't it crazy? Like it's some people who boom, 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 one, two, three, four, just ah. and then it's other people who just let's okay, They get their avocado toast and shit. They just live it. Yeah, y'all in this yeah. avocado fucking toast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even know. And yeah, but look, but look. So get your loan paid off. You feel me? And get your. I'm talking what. Because well, that 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 was a criticism. Like y'all stop eating that avocado toast and pay your loans, y'all be straight. So yeah, fuck fuck you them. Right. Uh, but I think it's important that we take the time out to kind of understand, you know, the positioning that we in. Right. That we gotta how to how the Supreme Court operates. Uh, because the Supreme Court is just one branch. It's the highest court of the land. And it's the one branch in what we consider our co-equal branches of our federal government, which includes the legislative and the executive branch. Legislative is mm-hmm. Congress. Um, the executive branch is the presidency and everything that falls up under that. These bran- these three branches of government are considered co-equal, which means they all have uh, power to check each other. We've run into a problem with that, though. Uh, and that is... Conservatives didn't pack the court. They they packed the Ooh. Supreme Court. How do we, we can't if that's the highest court in the land and they didn't pack it. And what I mean by pack the court is Donald Trump got three Supreme Court justices, three damn near unprecedented. Uh, 
Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh, and Amy Coney Barrett, right? These are all these are all individuals who who owe some loyalty to conservatism, not to the Supreme Court. They're gonna be all loyal to the Supreme Court. This right here where we come in. You feel what I'm saying? Uh, I was talking to the plug on the phone. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. bro, that said something about you know uh, Republican Revolution. You know what I'm saying? And then you know he started talking about his political shit about political theater. Why, 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 why? He said some shit about you know judicial review. You see what I'm saying? And for me, when I thought about that, I thought about it at the very simplified terms and thinking about, hey, peep game, when conservatives are trying to create, create paranoia around grassroots movement organizing, it's really about how Donald Trump and how the highest court, how everything on the grassroots level with the Q9, with the Proud Boys, with the alt-right movement, how it tripled it all the way up to Clarence Thomas and the Supreme Court and Donald Trump. You see what I'm saying? Mm. So when you having your little beef and your fight with somebody on Facebook and you mm. goddamn reading a, a, a decision that these judges had and you start being like, damn. Drawing the connections, connecting the dots. You, you using the same speaking points, Clarence, Clarence Thomas, that this person right here used on a Facebook post that I had in 2017. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, we see a Reddit post that a Q9 person made right here, and Donald Trump is literally saying that as the reason why he's celebrating affirmative action. When we think about how activism operates and why they were so crazy and scared about Black Lives Matter, they mm-hmm. understood it was it was them telling on themselves. Because you know mm-hmm. what? They was already having a recruitment, having a pipeline to make it where whatever the white folks saying on the ground, whatever they saying in the middle of Buttfuck, Ohio, they also going to say up there with the Supreme Court. You see yeah. what I mean? So listen, it was already white folks when a, a Toya Emporia, Conscious and, and Plug, you feel me, at OU? Hey, the reason why you're here is because of affirmative action, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I already felt that way. So when you think about what they saying and, th- and how Donald Trump was able to get three justices, think about, think about it. Obama did two terms, and how many justices he got to appoint? None, right? None. He he had he almost had one, and then Mitch McConnell and them was like, no, nope, we're gonna, we, we gonna wait till the election is over." But man, just, 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 I think that when we think about the, the, the revolution that the Republicans are embarking right now, it is politically, socially, economically, it is with the legislative branch, the executive branch, and the, you know what I'm saying, the, 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 the judicial branch. It is literally one that encapsulates the entirety of how our how material lives, how, mm-hmm. how the making system go, you feel me, from your algorithm, goddamn, to the way that you get along, so all this shit, you feel what I'm saying? For me, it's just really be a whole bunch of cap or be a whole bunch of little, you know what I'm saying, wishy-washy back and forth because when Donald Trump wanted to give $500 billion to the black community, he had no issue with acknowledging how the bank no is already operating on affirmative action race-based white folks. Mm-hmm. When Donald Trump said, we're going to give $500 billion in healthcare, he was already acknowledging that the affirmative action operate when it comes to race-based things in healthcare because white, mm-hmm. white, white, white parents ain't going there and worried about dying while they're trying to give birth like that. The mm-hmm. way See what I'm saying? So we literally seen the Platinum Plus plan acknowledge right now that structurally, politically, socially, economically, niggas ain't getting shit. And that's the reason why he 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 bling blinged it out in that way. So now three years later, individuals all of a sudden don't care about that. You was trying to convince me that Donald Trump was the most blackest president ever because he gave so much money to goddamn HBCUs. And then you told me this some of the first step act. So now it's fuck now, affirmative action. So affirmative action, so goddamn, so first step at good, you're doing something for black folks because you're trying to stop incarceration on the federal level. 
Mm -hmm. That sounds like to me you're acknowledging that there's an affirmative action that allows for white people to go untouched in many different instances on the federal level because the FBI say that white people and black people sell and use drugs at similar rates. But I'm still six hours jail. Ah, conservative contradictions, man. Toya, you had a uh, what? What is what is your criticism of of these co-equal branches of that term? Of what? Co-equal branches. How you feel? Like, uh, like, like is giving, giving, like, because, like you said, like you are somebody who, like, are literally impacted by like all of the major decisions that have come down. Maybe except one. There's a Supreme Court case where they about voting and states' rights to be able to throw out votes, and the Supreme Court said, "No, nah, that's not cool." You know what I'm saying? So like that that's the that's the case that came out before this other shit. But for as somebody who's like like really impacted by all of this shit, what is uh like what is, what is your thoughts on this idea of these co-equal branches? Before I answer that question, I gotta shout out Danielle who corrected one of my statements. I said Obama didn't get anybody, and I don't know if y'all pointed that out already. Oh, so uh, Mayor. Yep. Definitely it's the truth. So we want to yep. speak accurately here. So shout out to Danielle for facing that because that's facts. Yeah. Um my biggest issue Four with days. Free. That's crazy. Uh, with this idea of a co-equal or co-equal branches is, I think, a couple things. Uh, first of all, it allows for people whose politics are wide open, whose logic, whose thought process are just, they write these decisions out and we are able to see and understand how they're processing. We're able to understand and interpret for ourselves whether or not they're being egalitarian in their application of the law, if they really understand or have centered the constitution, whether or not they're playing politics, we get to see it right there in our faces and we don't get to do shit about it. And I think that is the most hamstringing, uh, uh, just binding, bounding component of all of this is their politics get to hang wide open in ways that even senators and legislators and Congress people don't, right? Um, or legislators of both of those things. But we we don't get a say in how then they apply their politics until the day they, they die, right. right? And that's troubling. The second biggest issue I have with the idea of this kind of co-equal government that we have is the ignorance that it is that thrives on. And that is predicated on. What do I mean? When we get introduced to school and education in America, and I think it's very intentional. The the political system we have in this country is convoluted. It's it's, it's supposed to be interpreted as this beautiful system of co-constitutive power that's equal and balanced, but it's really kind of contrived and convoluted and really kind of fucked up. But we don't get it taught to us that way. We're not told that the system is very contrived and so you should be very skeptical of it and lean in to its intricacies and learn about it. It is there is a president. And then later on it's like there are and we get sing songy conjunction junction what's your function kind of little I'm just a bill. Um, Instead of real conversations about how important things like Supreme Court justices can be to the reality of the world. I don't know if maybe I wasn't paying attention, maybe as other students in history class were, but I just really feel like when we look at how high the stakes are and we see just how much power the Supreme Court has to influence our day-to-day life and how powerless either that system has rendered the president or how powerless the president gets to act, I haven't figured out which one it is yet. It is really mind-blowing to see just how much we really need to be giving a shit about really all of it, but we need to be key way more in onto Supreme Court justices and what they do and advocating for term limits and all that types of shit. Like that, what Supreme Courts are and how they function should have been changed. 
But us as a public has been so ignorant to the importance and the significance of the Supreme Court. I think just the layperson, not political people who are politically astute. We're not talking about the political clubs. We're not talking about the me and Thomas Lee just wanting to sit and read some shit real quick and tangle and wrestle with something. But the average person Every and how day. they vote how they think I, they don't register just how significant something like a supreme court can be and the chess pieces that go into play to getting those people in position in the first place and so i i feel like to answer the question and bring a full circle you asked about how i feel about this like co-equal uh checks and balances every branch has a role in reinstituting and re you know enforcing the other one i think it's a sham I think we are learning every single day more and more the way that the culture war we exist in has infiltrated the, yeah. like you all have pointed out, the Supreme Court and how we are really kind of in a fuck position because these people are in there for life. It does not matter how many presidents change. It does not matter. As long as they go jog and they take their vitamins and they go to their personal trainer and shit, they are going to live forever and be able to influence yeah. shit. And we'll get Obama-type situations where motherfuckers feel like they can't do nothing because they hamstrung over here, they're tied up over there, they can't get this motherfucker to retire over here, and it's a whole bunch of shit that's not getting done because they get to call the shots, and that shit is crazy and scary. Sorry that was long-winded, but that is like... Nah, it was... Nah, yeah, that was good. (laughs) But I don't... You know what I'm saying? Because what? Because man. But I mean, so this is the thing, right? George... George brings up uh, the when he when he brought up the, uh, the the conservative revolution. So when Toya say, you know, they not getting nothing done, they're not getting shit done for us, for marginalized people, for yeah. for any for any uh, for any oppressed group, right? They like they like right now what we're seeing is that they're actively working against progress. The reason why I say that. Is I want to introduce y'all to a if y'all ain't heard this term before, I, me and Toyu and George was just recently talking about it. it's called starry decisis. Starry decisis. It's another Latin term that means what the fuck ever, but all you need yeah. to know is that it means that when the Supreme Court settles on a case, starry decisis means that that settled like that settled case is now settled law. It's no mm-hmm. longer up for interpretation because the past Supreme Court's uh, uh, pretty much established the its interpretation of the Constitution. The reason why stare decisis is important is because it, it's supposed to be a safeguard to be like, oh, well, we changed the courts. Now let's just change all this other shit that we didn't like that they did in the past. Like, nah, like when you have things that are settled, like the, the court as a, the Supreme Court as an institution has the ability to decide that this is how the Supreme, this is how the Constitution is interpreted in this instance. And that's what's that's settled. It's supposed to set a precedent. It's done. Right? It's supposed to set the and establish the like because in a world where the biggest criticism of the Supreme Court's orientation toward the Constitution and the Constitution itself as the centering or the 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 apex document that guides our government is that it has not changed with the people. That the people right. who wrote that motherfucker dead gone and wrote it with the intent that it would change and transform with this new nation in this new country that was innovating what it meant to have sovereignty and what it meant to be a democracy in this world. It didn't do that. So the starry decisis is supposed to be kind of a stopgap in there that allows for it to move and transform itself over time without rewriting the entire document, right? But when you don't allow for it to establish the precedent that it was set out to the presidents, it was set out to establish, then you run into a situation where now we revert uh, history, we we revert into bad decisions and the pendulum swings in ways that it was never designed to, literally from the original writer. Right, and so what we're dealing with now is, is what's called judicial activism. 
Like they're literally looking at settled law. They're looking at past legislation and they're saying, well, because we have the ability to do it. Yeah, like fuck with, the, uh, fuck with uh, Congress talking about, like with, uh, or fuck with the executive branch talking about. It's unconstitutional. Mm-hmm. Right, fuck what this person talk about, fuck what this group talking about, it's unconstitutional. It's damn near a cheat code, right? So even though it's shit that's been settled, just like Roe v. Wade, right, they are still taking these things that have been settled law and saying because we have the power to change it, we're going to change it, right? Yeah. For no other reason. Um, and what, what, what's even more... Let me what say this real mean? quick. I'm about to finish it. Yeah, I say this real quick. What's even more, uh, what's even more important about what's being exposed here is that the way that they moving proves, like when CR, when when critical race theorists are saying that the concept of rights that we see in the Constitution actually clash with black people and clash with anti racism, right? This is, it, this is what it looks like, right? If you can interpret, if you can interpret legislation and policies that are literally meant to combat discrimination that are meant to combat people being oppressed people being marginalized in itself and 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 you're saying oh making space for excluded people is unconstitutional that means that the the the, the document itself the concepts all still clash (laughs) in terms of issues of race it's not it's it's not beneficial for black people and me and george had this argument before too because like you know sometimes i'll be on my reformist shit because i do think like i'm a fan of political philosophy so i do think that like philosophy the 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 philosophy of politics kind of transcends how it's 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 actual practice right Mm because i think if there are concepts in the constitution that if 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 it wasn't these motherfuckers dictating it would be really beneficial for black people right but i mean this is as an aside the reason why i argue (laughs) (laughs) nobody negates that liberty and freedom is good i think i think the, the thing that I really felt liberated the most in debate and the thing, the portable skill that I feel like I deployed the most in my career now is how interpret how interpretations always vary and how you're talking about clash. That's usually where all the clash happens at. It's at the level of interpretation, interpretation and how yeah. an individual is able to take the black and white law and say, well, I interpret the law this way, which means I can do this thing. And another individual says, no, I interpret the law this way and that is unconstitutional. So it really, to me, shows that when George Orwell was in his bag talking about Animal Farm in 1984 with double speak and all that other shit, you feel me? It, to me, it showed that, hey, man, you gave me a framework back then with that work to be able to understand in 2023 what's really going on. So even though we know that the highest court in the land is supposed to be able to set precedents that's able to kind of in, uh, 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 influence social order, precedents, hallmark precedents, Settle law, you see what I'm saying, which means to a hey, Roe v. Wade in the 70s should be done. Dada, we shame that way. Should be so done that if y'all go in the archive and y'all go look at when these Supreme Court justices was being brought into their spot, when they was being interviewed and questioned, hey, will you try to repeal Roe v. Wade? Roe v. Wade is the law of the land, and I uphold starry decisis. Yep, you know what I'm saying. Kavanaugh. See what I'm saying. You got, you got, you, you, you feel me? You damn it doing when we was kids. Hey, show me your hand. <laughs> <laughs> you see what I'm saying? That's what they was yeah. doing. He his, hey, had his hand behind his back. No, 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 I won't repeal. Hey, yeah. Wade. No, 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 I won't repeal. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, that's really what it go down to. But going back to Georgia, well, double speak with Henry, thinking about how I hold what we taught in high school sometimes to be fake, but you got to still know it so you can understand what's going on. The last thing I say to end this is when I learned about bureaucracies, 
lobbying and interest groups, it fucked me up for my whole life. My whole yeah, life. yeah. <laughs> the whole one vote, one count, and really anytime Domo start talking that shit about reform, or anything like this, I really come to, I sit right here. It's like, hey, fam, PBA, man. When them folks went in Sandy Hook and shot up all them damn kids and the gun industry and the gun lobbyists and the gun interest groups and the gun bureaucracies had more more, more money equals speech and corporations is, is, is people. My lord. That means they human, they humanity gonna always trump you and our humanity. Yeah. They speech gonna always trump our speech. That's what I mean. We don't, we don't that's why I said it. That's why I said it. That's why I said it. You see what I'm saying? Hey, think about it. Ain't a billionaire that got Clarence Thomas in his pocket. Ain't, well, hold on, ain't, hold on. Before I, I knew you was gonna do that. I knew you. I knew he was gonna do that. I knew he was gonna do that. Hold on. Away from there. We can go away from Clarence Thomas. Shit. Let's get to these other justices. What they doing and how they using their influences. Let's follow the money. So how much right. is they getting paid from NRA? How much is they being paid from Big Oil? Mm-hmm. They being paid. So when I start yeah. talking about clean water mm-hmm. and they start talking about, hey man, shit, I want to go to the beach and be able to eat oysters and my motherfuckers not be. No, you 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 being a tree hugger now. How much you getting yeah. paid from the oil industry? Tree hugger. What was you? What was you about to say to you? <laughs> he said tree. Oh no! I just really. I mean, check out the. We we got some comments. I definitely yeah. shout out to uh, Brandon Newby said finally the three amigos are back together. Are back convincing again. Uh, so that's love. Um, I, I think you know what I was about to say kind of coincides with uh what I was saying earlier about the ignorance we walk around with. Tyler also corrected me. Shout out to Tyler said Three Ring Circus is a schoolhouse rock song about the three branches. Because I was like, I was thinking conjunction, junction, what's your function? But I knew schoolhouse rock, you know, was the version I think that, you know, they felt was tolerable. And that's cool and that's cute or whatever. But the thing we didn't know about, for example, were the lobby. We're lobbyists. We're privatization. Oh, we're corporations boy, yeah. roles. You know, yeah. we, we, we like these are things that we like. Yeah, need to know like before I show up at the ballot box. I need to know who you have in conversations with in the back room. I need to know about the biases that you have and the, the the hands that you shake and what you do. But like, but we don't even know to consider those things or ask questions about those things until we are voting of voting age and not even in. Right? You got to give a shit about politics to know about shit like that. You know what I'm saying? And it, it's so integral to how our political systems are run. So, like, we we missing information. And I yeah. and, and to be clear, this is not blaming. People who live in our society, I think, is right. designed like that by oh, nature. Yeah. It's by design. There are things that are done purposely to alienate the policymaking process right. and to make the everyday individual feel like they're incompetent and or don't have the capacity and or and not a part of that process. You see what I'm yeah. saying? It doesn't involve them. That's oh boy, like that's the involve you. Politics doesn't doesn't involve you. So I know when I'm going off, it's AP game. Whether you worried about your food stamps, your hood, the books mm-hmm. you read. You see what I'm saying? Goddamn, uh, when you get them letters that say a convicted felon or a pedophile is around your way, all these questions are policy. When you worried about your, 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 your clean water, when you worried about how much chemicals in your food, when you worried about the sheriff or yeah. the law, all these are political questions. So for you yeah. to say, I don't care, I don't, I don't care about, I don't talk about politics. You eat, don't you? You pay bills, don't you? See, you pay right. taxes. Fuck that, even bills. You pay taxes, and if you don't pay them taxes, the government gonna come get your ass. In a world where the entirety of the material reality that we live in is dictated by policy, so yeah. for you to say you don't care about policy, it don't give it don't matter if policy care about you, regardless exactly. whether you care about policy or not. Policy is still structuring your everyday life. I mean, you know, it's so funny on the top of the page. I think we have we're having a different conversation just about voting or participating in elections or kind of dispelling the you know the, the common conversations we have about. Yeah, you know what I do? You know, it's election season. 
about your local politics versus national politics. Plug, you know what clip I'm talking about. It's pretty mm-hmm. recent. And people, it, the clip kind of blew up in and of itself, right? It was making moves, but half the people in the comments were like, y'all just playing the game again. Y'all just selling the, no, nigga, ain't nobody selling no wolf tickets or nobody lying. This is not no cap. You know what I'm saying? You got to have, and here's the thing. What they, what, what, what did we learn about being black in America? You got to work twice as hard, three times as hard, damn near, in order to keep up with what the hell is going on. The same thing is true barely, about black to barely keep up. You got to be mm. in the system and out of the system. You got to have right. a hand in the winding chain of what's going on in these conversations. How you navigate these systems is what it's going to be. But you have to at least have a knowledge of it. Y'all remember the debate arguments where uh, like real K, real left niggas be like, oh, the state is bad. We, we shouldn't talk about the state. We should never debate about the state. And niggas got smart and was like, no. Niggas need to have a knowledge of the law. How you navigate with the law is your business. But to completely say we should never talk about politics, to completely say we should never it's talk about the state is it's stupid. Like it is really going to undermine you. And so the same thing is true about people who have a, a, a more activist orientation or activist inclination. Yes, rally, grassroots, be in the street, formulate. Use mutual aid, use systems and structures and navigate and create institutions outside of the state proper. But baby, keep your ear to the ground. Shout out to, for example, leaders of a beautiful struggle, right? We got to shout out to my be more niggas who are a great fine example of what it looks like to be a part of political think tanks, to show up in Annapolis, to be in Maryland, doing a lot of the hard work and the heavy lifting, but to make sure that they are invested in doing tangible, meaning material things in the streets of Baltimore, Maryland every single day. Like it just, you have to do both. You have to work work twice as hard. You don't get the benefit. We don't have the privilege of picking one side or another. It's just not not at all. Yeah, and not at all. Right now is a way for us to go on and lay down their head those romanticized pro-black points about how the Asian community doesn't get involved with the policymaking process and how they don't mm-hmm. give a damn what's going on in the elections. I've heard this speaking point talked a lot about in conscious communities. You should do like the Asians or do like the Jews. They don't care about what's going on in politics. Do you see what happened at the highest court in this country? Hello. Hey, listen, got on my TikTok and got on my Instagram and got on my Twitter. I seen, you know, various of uh, tokenized Asian families celebrating literally in front of the state's capital about how they've been praying for this day. And 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 this is it. This is how, hell, let's talk about this. Don't talk about institution building and generational wealth and buying back the block and then talk about playing the game of politics is dumb and stupid. Don't talk about taking advantage of LLCs and opportunity zones and getting loans and that old stupid. Who ass signs shit. off on your LLC? Who is the person that decides that you have a business? You sound stupid. If you trying to convince somebody, hey man, you get you an LLC so you some tax cuts and tax breaks, you can write that off, write that off. These are policies. These are all things that's done by policy. So again, whether you want to be ignorant to policy or not, policy ain't being ignorant to you. you. Come on, Lee. I, I, and you know what? Because because that, that's that's definitely what I've been preaching. Because it's like you want to run a business, well, but you don't understand. Like <laughs> Look, you keep, it, you keep it funky. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Nah, you need to listen. If we had more black people like Damo, if we had more Damos, we'd be running shit. Sometimes. Fuck what y'all talking about. Sometimes you just stink. Let it stink. Just be real about the stinkness, but don't try to avoid the stink because the stink gonna be there regardless. My lord. Really? I mean, and and if there's a there's a it's a, a question in the chat that I want to get to. I'm gonna get y'all thoughts before we move to the last part of the conversation here. Um, it was a question about uh, Obama and Biden from more ones. Said, how do you guys feel about centrists blaming Obama and Biden for not codifying student debt? 
So you say codifying, I'm thinking like creating legislation. Hey, just 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 a hey on some debate shit, take everything we just said and apply to that. Cross apply. It's cross apply. Cross apply because if you understand (laughs) the quote unquote checks and balances and separation of power and how a lot of it is a myth in the wash, you can recognize that what does it mean for them people to be able to codify that law if we still have a Congress that is able to go and reinterpret situated law? You see what I'm saying? So even if they codified it, they would still be able to in 2023 say, hey, listen, what uh, Joe Biden and, and, and Obama did in 2012 or 13, whatever it was, they did, 12. they could have came in 2023 and still did what they were doing anyway. Here's, here's another thing that you also have to realize, because I think this might also be what more one is getting to, too. When we talk about the codification of the law, we're talking about using executive order to make things permanent and official. Here are a couple problems with that that we're seeing with the Joe Biden decision. And Joe Biden even commented on that yesterday in terms of uh, uh, student debt and the actions of the court, right? One of the things he said was like, did you uh, give people false hope? And he was like, no, I didn't give people, anybody false hope. In so many words, he said, no, the people, the legislators took that hope. The courts took that hope. They snatched away the hope that we have for people to navigate the financial and economic positions that they've been put in. So no, we didn't, I'd I, like, no. But he also said the fight is not over, which seems to suggest that he might use executive order to get these things done. The same way a lot of people said Barack Obama should have used executive order in order to keep Roe versus Wayne solidified, right? Mm-hmm. And to make sure we had a clear path to making sure that those laws couldn't change. Here's the thing about executive order. And here is the fear that, part of the fear of what a lot of these presidents have, the, the Democratic presidents have, is Again, I said it before, I'll say it again, turnabout is fair play. What does that mean here? That means any extreme measures these presidents go through that is not through the normative means of the legislative bodies means you open yourself up to them presidents coming behind you later and using those same means and you can't say nothing because you have said what? You have said a You already did it. That's that's, That's kicker A. So point B is that you also have a Supreme Court. Remember, these, these, these they all hamstrung together. They locked in and tied in together. Maybe this is a three-strand cord. The Bible says a three-strand cord is not easily broken. Read your word. So what you have to understand <laughs> is when you have a president that goes out and takes an executive order, you still have a court who can make decisions to completely refute and object to the orders or the actions, if they feel like deem them unconstitutional of a president, and now you yep. have a whole bunch of clogged Supreme Court fighting, infighting, back and forth bullshit that doesn't allow for politics to move itself forward as usual. So now you have also tricky shit that derails the governing that has to happen in this country. So you got a whole bunch of weird tip for tap bullshit on the table, no matter what. Because I learned specificity on the loan forgiveness, and it was that Joe Biden was able to try to promise that through the heroes that, and what the Congress did and interpreted and said that. The Congress Act is supposed to be done gradually and done small. Mm-hmm. You know, and the hero, you know I'm saying, uh, the way in which this law is done, and we can't make yeah. any changes that it's not gradual and it's not a, you know I'm saying, done, done, done small. Fifty thousand is too much, and in in you know the hero Act is supposed to be about a natural disaster, and it was saying you know the pandemic was a natural disaster. You know what I'm saying? And shit, and it- Congress. And decided like I'm gonna have yeah, I'm not. yeah, yeah. So what it what it was so you write about you write about the Heroes Act, right? It was three states that three three states that sued. Um two of those states, they case got thrown out. Missouri is pretty much the state that defeated student loan debt. Thank you, Toya. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you 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 from you from Missouri when it's convenient. You want to talk to your stick. You want to wrap the cheese. You don't want to be bullied, nigga. You're from Missouri, so eat hey, that. Hey, nigga, we both from Missouri. Hey, 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 niggas do it, man. You know yeah, turn your cap on. 
Yo, you know how suburban transplants do it, man. That's probably good as cool. Like, hey, you know what I'm saying? Like, nah, hey, did this thing call me a suburban transplant? I know you're not talking. I thought you're not talking, Mr. Five Bedroom. But anyway, anyway, uh, it twi- man, look, I ain't, I'm not about to, I'm not about to play this game with y'all. But look, Missouri, <laughs> Missouri, uh, under under the Heroes Act, uh, would have it, the uh the student don't the student loan debt relief. Would have taken away some of the autonomy that they have to utilize those funds, and so the, the really the whole the whole case uh, was this uh, with, with the student loan debt. They pretty much just saying you don't have the authority to do that, not using it the way that you used it, right? It, I mean, really like small bureaucratic bullshit. Not any like they they literally argue. Like a bro, yeah. It it literally was a question. It literally was a question of whether or not, um, whether or not, uh, the, when they say the right to modify, whether or not the, how much they modify still fit, fit within the, uh, the the original act. But the good news is that Joe Biden has another avenue to go about this um, to, to still be able to. I, I, I forget that. I think it's the uh, I forget the name of the act exactly. But he uh, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez pointed it out. Joe Biden also pointed it out that it's there's still ways for student student loan debt relief to take place. You just can't use the hero heroes act to do it. I just hope Joe Biden doesn't use it as a uh, campaign tool and then only mm-hmm. do it after he get reelected. Like, exactly. that'll be that some sucker be, shit. That would be ass. Uh, yeah. But to. To get ready to uh, to get ready to close it out, we would be remiss if we didn't speak to one of the biggest embarrassments to black people, black history. Because he's black history. Like as much as we hate to admit it, this yeah. nigga Clarence Thomas is what the second black Supreme Court justice after the great Thurgood Marshall. You yeah. feel me? So he's he, he's I mean, and he's only he's one of only three to ever, including Kataji Brown Jackson. Um, we in a situation where this nigga who's supposed to be black history is embarrassing us on the national stage. Um, it's a few things that we want to point out about about Clarence Thomas. And I, I'm going to get your thoughts on And it's before we talk about the affirmative action shit. Before we got to this week. Clarence Thomas' wife, Jenny Thomas, was found to be a, to be communicating with people in the Trump campaign, working to overthrow the election, and to have information or at least insider news about January sixth potentially. And I think she was uh, implicated in those investigations as well. Right, like literally texting Mark Meadows, who was in the Trump, who was in the uh, Trump administration, like, "Hey, what we got to do? We need to get him back in there. What we got to do?" Right. So, like, so already. We, he he been looking at some issues for a while now. Then, and the chop up did a show. We we, we did a show on this about a month, about a couple months ago or so. They found out it was it was exposed was it Axios, I think that exposed uh, that Clarence Thomas is literally receiving millions and millions of dollars in oh, gifts no. and vacation. Billion, I'm playing. No. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, he, he getting. He getting a lot of he getting a lot of bread simply yeah. for uh, uh, uh from from conservatives like bread trips other type of gifts all type of shit hundred thousand dollars worth of whatever yacht trips uh flying to Bali from somebody from somebody whose relationship was established with him after he became a Supreme Court justice and whose cases who have been involved with cases who have been governed over or adjudicated over 
rather in the Supreme Court, right? So it's, it's oh, that's like, conflict of interest textbook. Conflict of interest, like a motherfucker, like conflict of interest textbook interest. Hey, the, hey, du- the dude is the when you're done. I got something to read on to uh, that. That's on what's it's gonna ride it all out. I got it. It's a nice one, too. So, you know. the 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 dude uh is is characterized as a Republican mega donor. Uh-huh. So all he do is spend money to make sure that conservative values are. I mean he's 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 a one man lobbyist, <laughs> pretty much. One man, um, one so, man bureaucracy, a one man interest group. So so we <laughs> so we know we know you know what I mean he he cricket he sold out. You know what I'm saying? We know about what happened with Anita Hill, how he did her. And then now Wait, we get... We're not just going to drop it. We're not just going to okay. drop apologies. it. My apologies. My apologies. My apologies. Uh, 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 pubic hairs on the coke can. I'm talking about... Uh, Videos of bestiality. Come watch it. Niggas say they trying to lynch me. I'm talking about... I don't want to hear nothing about no race-based, racialized, da 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 He didn't feel that way when he was going... When he was trying to protect himself mm-hmm. from allegations. Come on. That woman. So and, and thank y'all. Never never want to do no drive-bys, but we, we, yeah, we, we just want to make sure you know that that the proper information is is out there about what she endured because Anita Hill is also Black he history. Conservative saying that the media is trying to lynch him. Oh, that's rich. In the 1990s, got George Bush and the rest of the conservatives right now that's parading about. We don't want to hear nothing about no racism, this, that, and the mm-hmm. other. They said that the liberal media was trying to lynch him. Republicans and other So, so here we are this week, and again, Clarence Thomas, who's been on the on the wrong side of every Supreme Court decision, every single that the, that it came down in my lifetime. You feel me? Uh, this man voted against, of course, affirmative action. And and his his claims against affirmative action is to say that uh let it like making space for black people, it it labels them as inferior. That it's it's not it it's disrespecting black people because it's saying that they can't get in on their own. Nigga, that ain't an issue with black people. That's an issue with racism. <laughs> it's not how like that's the part that really get under my skin at this point now. The people that are proponents against affirmative action, you are, you legally illiterate motherfucker. You don't know how this shit works. Yeah, you think it let unqualified black people in, so they say you're not here because you're qualified. You're here because you're black. No, 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 no. no. The, the the legacy of exclusion said that regardless if you met the merits, regardless if you qualify for here, if you were black, you were disqualified. Mm-hmm. So people are so racially illiterate with this. It's like, mm-hmm. how do you get to the highest court? This two-bit, self-loathing, psychopath. This comes from uh, Bishop Talbert Swan. And this is masterfully put out in terms of his history and how Clarence Thomas has uniquely individually benefited. This two-bit self-loathing psychophane white supremacist apologizing Uncle Ruck has benefited from race-based purposes throughout his entire career, yet sided with conservatives to overturn affirmative action. Clarence Thomas was admitted to Holy Cross in 1968, and part of the school was actively looking for black students. He was to Harvard Law School in 1971, right after it adopted race conscious admission policies, but chose to go to Yale at the exact moment it created its first explicit affirmative action program with the goal of 10% minority enrollment. Thomas was one of 12 black students in the class of 175. His application was evaluated separately and received special consideration because he was black. 
When Thomas left Yale, he was hired by John Danforth, the attorney general of Missouri. Danforth admitted it was because he was seeking to have diverse office and Clarence Thomas was hired because he was black. Thomas left Danforth's office to work on Colorado at the time when the company was looking to hire what? Black lawyers. He went back to work with Danforth when he was a U.S. senator and was looking to diversify his staff. I repeat that last sentence. He went back to work with mm -hmm. Danforth when he was a U.S. senator and was looking to diversify his staff. He then went to work for Reagan's Department of Education and offered a job in part because he was black. He then became chairman of Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. Think about this. This man was the chair of the EEOC, a position that six black women turned down before he accepted it. His entire career was a result of affirmative action. This, this man epitomizes the hypocrisy of the always been the enemy of black progress in the nation. And mm -hmm. I believe to end that, Clarence Thomas is the illustration of conservative contradiction in the internalization of black inferiority. Mercy. His entire career is one that has been uh, hallmarked with affirmative action precedents and standards that he's been able to individually benefit. He has no issue in taking those billion dollar, you know what I'm saying, uh, uh, billionaire gifts. And he's benefited from that uniquely because George Bush wanted to prove I got Condoleezza Rice, I got Colin Powell, I got Clarence Thomas. How y'all dare y'all say I don't like Negroes? And black you. people can be conservative too. So, boo. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. I know y'all think we are democrats, but that's not even true. That ain't even true. I mean, or you could just be politically involved and not be neither one of them bullshits. But uh, go ahead, T. I mean, I don't really have a lot to add. I think that resume in and of itself <laughs> speaks for itself. A lot of people were like, "Oh, well, what?" And these are all, you know, you, we love our free thinking blacks. The ones who are also just, you know, tired of us playing the race card every time it's time to have a conversation. So a lot of people are like, oh, why didn't y'all, why y'all only talking about Clarence Thomas? It's five other decisions that made the reality what it is in terms of from it. Because he's the nigga who benefited from everything that had, that's why. Right? I guess if we had to, you know, uh, uh, criticize somebody else, Amy Coney Barrett, because you too stupid to fucking realize that affirmative action was, action was helping white women anyway. Right, that a lot of the reason you found your way to the Supreme Court is that Republicans and conservatives wanted to show that white women were powerful in the conservative yeah, party and taking the forward the the, the 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 charge of conservative politics in this country. So your ass got placed to boost it, even though you had never even adjudicated over the cases necessary what? that would make it seem make you even qualified to participate in this big of a, a role in the United States federal Amy government. Amy Coney Barrett was an affirmative oh, action hire, straight up. She was an affirmative action hire for the Supreme Court. You didn't even meet the merits. As so, a matter of fact, Kentazi Brown Jackson was more qualified than all motherfuckers, and y'all felt like she was unqualified because of her blackness. And then set up and accosted her and damn, you know, throughout her judicial hearings, and Ooh, treated her like she wasn't supposed to be there. Like she was in the I wrong room, like it. the bathroom down the hall. Mm. But y'all let this whole slide in. Like, it's just, it's really stupid. <laughs> and so, to answer that question, well, why we not as upset as everybody else as we are him is because he's he's stupid and she's stupid too. Right? Um, I, I just, you know, I think when it's all said and done, and here's a snippet, I want to read a post from his decision because I think this is important in, under, in order to understand the, the, the weirdness. I, I, just, I just think the misledness of his case because it's not even that he has a, a, an un unquestionable, like, I guess, I don't want to be ableist, but blind uh, belief 
in uh, the, you know, white people or a white America. I don't even think he's buying into the logic of post-raciality, which is what we kind of want to believe is that he yeah, is right, right, right. Over. Yeah. But here's a snippet from his decision. The great failure of this country um, was slavery and its uh, progeny. And the tragic failure of this court was its misinterpretation of the Reconstruction Amendment. While I am painfully aware of the social and economic ravages which have befallen my race and all who suffer uh, its incrimination, I hold out enduring hope that this country will live up to its principles so clearly enunciated in the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution of, uh, of Independence and the Constitution of the United States that all men are created equal and equal citizens uh, and must be treated equally before the law. What does this statement mean? It means he believes in the hope it don't, it don't of the Constitution sense. that he has bought into. Not post-raciality, but the figment of imagination, which is that this country has investments in undoing white supremacy and allowing for, you know, freedom and justice and liberty for all. Right. And I think that's what's more dangerous. It's not even that he's uh, pretending that it's not there. It's that he's willing to acknowledge it, but says that for some reason, the court misinterpreted the Reconstruction Amendments, misinterpreted the points and the purposes of things like the 13th, the 14th, the 15th, that misunderstood the strides that these groups have had to make as lines of flight from the particular amendments that are being made in the Constitution. He really believes that amidst, he's willing in both breaths, out of both sides of his mouth to say in one breath, the racism is real, but also I have some incoherent belief and the fact that, that the system can correct itself. And I think that's what's most bewildered, be, 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 excuse me, bewildering out of all of it. Because then you have the refreshing takes of people like Katandri, uh Brown Jackson, who are like, no, this shit is stupid. We are not dumb. You have attempted to elucidate to this world that does not exist. And you want law to exist in a world, in a context and in a way that the society and the world we live in doesn't. Right? Her uh, uh, refle- reflections and her decision we're a whole lot more realistic and confrontational with the reality, with the teeth that are in this conversation about racism, not just what you in this document have presupposed about how it ought to be. And I think that's the most startling and stark takeaway I took from his decision in all of it. Yeah, I, I mean, for me, I think it's, I think it's more so a question of, you know, Clarence Thomas is a perfect example of not all skin folk is skin folk. Period. Yeah, the apex example. I think he's like, the textbook. Like, if you open it up and it's like skin folk, skin folk, skin folk, not Kim, Clarence Thomas. You're gonna yeah. see his picture. Exactly. And and what's the and what's the most? And, and then what I, what I what I want to highlight the most out of what you uh, uh you know what you read in his decision is that it is the recognition that slavery exists or not slavery, excuse me, racism exists and the impact that racism has on society. But this whole idea of holding out hope, it ain't even about changing the system. He's holding out hope that the hearts of people will change and they will be more fair. And they, bro, you can't recognize. I guess he's probably giving credit to his wife. Like, can't y'all just be like, Jeannie, she likes me. Hell no, she probably. Meanwhile, you eating with white supremacists. Meanwhile, you eating with alt right activists. Meanwhile, you were literally hopping on private jets and cahooting with proud boys. It's like, listen, man, what you saying don't even make sense. You see what I'm it, saying? It, oh, it, don't, it don't match. Like, what? I mean, I'm talking about it. this right here made me think about it. Clarence Thomas Gullah mm. from from the Carolinas. Some company was trying to do, you feel me, a documentary. And you know what I'm saying, summon Chu, the homie, you know what I'm saying, from from, from from TikTok and Instagram, you feel me? You know, he taught at Harvard and shit. He, they, tell, they came to him and asked him, you know what I'm saying, hey, we, we, you know, you go to Geechee, this could be this, that, and the other, you big person, I'm going to ask you about him. 
they asked him about how the Gullah Geechee, uh, how did his community feel about Clarence Thomas, mm -hmm. the most powerful Gullah Geechee in the land. And you know, he was clear to say, like, I don't speak for all Gullah Geechee, but for what I know is then he basically was like, we don't fuck with him, basically. Yeah. He made a point to say, like, they did not include what I said about him in the documentary, right? <laughs> he thinking about the ways in which how Clarence Thomas figured out how to be a, 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 a outlier and stand out in a way where he victimized himself, but that victimization was almost like they would, what they accused uh, Michael Jordan being. Like, you make up stories to give yourself fuel or yeah. you make yourself be mad and upset because, you know, you perform better that way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hey, it's, hey, PBS made a documentary about Clarence Thomas that y'all all should go check out to really understand. That little tweet I just read, you can learn way more about that and firsthand account insights with his classmates, his cousins, and all that. You feel me? How he going to school with five, fourth, fourth, fourth generation, third generation legacy Yale students. They draped up in designer. He decided to come in overalls and he wore it as a as a as a uniform mm. because he wanted to make sure he stood out. He hated yeah. he hated this, that, and the other. That's what that's how you felt when you was a early, early, yeah. early twenties. Now you have an old you is and you cheaped up with the y'all really should go learn. Clarence Thomas villain origin story. That's what I was talking about. <laughs> now look, now, and, and, but real quick, I'm going to give y'all the TLDR. That nigga is a race traitor. Period. Like racism creates sides. Okay? You create sides. Black, black is at the bottom of that hierarchy. White is at the top of that hierarchy. Black people who use the top of the hierarchy, their standard, what they care about, what matters to them, and adopt that to kind of climb, to, to attempt to kind of climb up that hierarchy to, to get mm -hmm. better proximity. I don't give a fuck what you believe about the existence of racism. Mm -hmm. How to address it, how to, how to challenge it, like how, how to strategize against it ain't got shit to do with hope. We know what we need to do. We have to create policies to push back against de jure segregation. We know de facto segregation is illegal. We know you can't just, you, well, shit, when it comes to gays, we don't know now that shit is <laughs> that shit is up in the air because I can see some civil rights. I see I can see some civil rights pushback. You know what I mean? Motherfuckers still being sued. Like, nah, you can't discriminate against me. Type shit. I, I can see that happening in the future. But um, what's 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 important to recognize is that because of the ways in which racism is is ingrained in our society and how it's normalized, how that's our re, racism is our default, even mm -hmm. for black people. You know when we be like, man, black people can't. Why do black people do? That is racist language. That is racist propaganda, right? So that means that even our default as black people who push back against racism, who can recognize racism, got a problem with yeah. it, we recognize that our default is still to buy into that ideology, that way of thinking and understand, and that type of anti-blackness. When he is saying that he can, that he hopes that whatever, whatever, that means that you have failed at your fucking job because your job as somebody that's a part of the system, a part of the institution, is not to hope that things change; it's to no, introduce it's change. To make it be so, yeah, exactly. It's the willing to change. I'm about, and, I'm about to say, what I'm about to say next, I'm gonna make a TikTok video while I see it. You know, what I'm saying? and and, and look, and, and nobody and nobody else is in. It has the power to to introduce a policies or even. A, a, a understanding of constitutionality that reflects that okay the constitution is supposed to help us challenge racism then clarence thomas 
But because because he's adopted this role, he is he's the token conservative, the token conservative, the race traitor, the black person that's willing to say the things that white people feel comfortable about because because they say it about black people and they can say, look, Clarence Thomas says that he's black too. Look, Clarence Thomas went through this. He's black too. Hey, Candace Owens don't get appointed to Supreme Court when Clarence Thomas moved out the way. Why? She don't need. She don't need no. She don't need no experience. Please. None of that. Right. So to cap it off before before George makes his y'all, we are all here. We about to watch a viral video in the making. But the last thing I'll say the, the last thing I'll say before we pass this to George and start to close this thing out is we racism requires institutional involvement. Regular people just running around, we are too socialized into anti-black racist beliefs to be able to just generally fall out of racism. We have to use institutions that, that, that are available to us in order to actually push back against our default racism. And the last thing I say is the, the, the last thing I, I I'll say is this. The whole the whole um the whole concept of using the master's tools to deconstruct the master's house. I said this in my video on Instagram. Y'all make sure y'all go check that out. And, and on TikTok, Clarence Thomas and, and, and uh, Supreme Court conservatives are trying to make that concept unconstitutional. When, we, when, we, when we're saying that uh, creating policies to challenge racism is actually unconstitutional, then we're, then we're criminalizing anti-racism. That's what's happening. Yeah. Go ahead, Lee. America is Titanic that hit the iceberg in 2008, and this motherfucker been slowly sinking while the music playing since then. And right mm -hmm. now, all we can do really is just enjoy this old sinking ship before it gets to the bottom of the ocean and hope nobody hop for a submersible and try to come look at it. To the, <laughs> the world, when America sink down, do not hop y'all ass in no submersible to try to come view the wreckage because listen, man, <laughs> godless sight. Yeah. Catch this elevation. Listen, I say this and then I'll go because I and I'm being clear with y'all. I'm not opening up another can of worms with this, but I want to be clear <laughs> about me saying 2008 because earlier in this conversation, I told y'all all this shit was backlash, 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 backlash. What is it backlash to? Drumroll, please. The election of President Barack Obama. They've been pissed ever since then. They've been toned the fuck up. They've been they've been on the edge of their seats and they've been waiting. They've been allowing for the pieces to fall the way they would. They've been orchestrating plans. They've been moving niggas out the way. They don't give a shit about these other presidential elections. They've been moving in Supreme Court justices, uh, Congress people, and, and folks in the House of Representatives out the gate, right, who are climbing their way up to influential positions to set us up to where we are right now. So how do we get here? How do we start in 2008? Why have they been turned up since then? My people are turned over in that grave. How dare you let a nigga be at the highest position in this damn? You know what? Dead bodies. You, you know what? I miss the good old days when niggas just knew their position. The world would be a lot better if niggas just understood what their position was. The bitches yes, went in the kitchen and made the shit, and the gays stayed in the closet. That's what the world was much better, you know, when, 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 yes. <laughs> oh, if that was just satire, I would be cracking up laughing. But goddamn it, satire! You niggers talk back too much. And I miss the seventies when niggas said something to me, and I look at them and they say, "Yes, Sebastian. Yes, or no, no." <laughs> I, I miss the good old days. I miss the good old days. Was niggas saying master in the seventies? <laughs> was niggas saying master in the seventies? Yes, sir. Uh, down here in the uh, yes, in, uh, in, uh, 
uh, this part of right here where I'm at, you know, yes. Brian, Texas native. Ooh. I got you. I got you. Y'all probably still have plenty. Yeah, Texas niggas was the last niggas to know that they was free. But look. Uh, <laughs> with, hey, shout out to Brandon. Shout out to Brandon. Uh, Brandon said we had such a solid conversation that, you know, we, we probably about to go viral with it. I hope so. Help us out with that. If you haven't already, hit that thumbs up. Hit that like. Hit that love. Thank y'all so much for even sitting on y'all Saturday morning and vibing with us through this conversation. Go ahead mm-hmm. and share that thing. You know what I'm saying? Put a caption. Don't put a caption. Just put it on somebody's timeline so they know what's up and they know that we talk about some real shit over here on the Chop Up Show. Uh, I mean, and shout out to Lee. Right, we have great conversations with consciously. We glad our brother popped in here, but we also be rocking and jamming and doing our thing in here, even when Lee is doing other things. You know, we are the conscious collective. We work together as a unit. We uh, are uh, uh, our own special think tank and, and and political mind that work together to help each other move forward. Mm-hmm. Stuff like this happen every week. You know what I'm saying? So make sure y'all letting folks know who's in y'all circle that the shop up show be talking about something. We got something going on out here. And again, thank you, Brandon, so much, and everybody else. Who shows love? Who sits around with us? Who talks to us in the comments? Who get us in the chat? Like y'all are invaluable to us, and that that means a whole lot to me, specifically because we ain't even doing the show on a regular day. But y'all saw the little bell, y'all saw the little buzzer, y'all y'all popped in on it. So thank y'all. We appreciate that love for real. Yeah, for sure, y'all. Hey, listen, y'all be on social media as we close this thing out. Hey, next time you on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, whatever, just be like, hey, if y'all ain't fucking with the chop up, fuck with them. The links is always available. You can share it wherever you want to. YouTube make that easy. In order for us to grow, we need y'all. We need y'all help. So, you know, like we don't ask for donations or cash apps or none of that shit. Really, if you want, if you want to send us some bread, don't just share. Like that, that mean that much more. Like if you, if you really want to do something to help the chop up, share. That's all. That's all we ask. You feel me? But if you do got some extra bread, you want to send, we'll take that too. At the chop up show on at pay on PayPal. Uh, is where we take donations But uh, with that being said Man y'all make sure if you haven't subscribed Subscribe if you don't follow us on Instagram Follow us on Instagram You said what Chop up Patreon coming soon For all y'all exclusive chop up content For y'all mm-hmm. exclusive content They got some of that shit coming You know what I'm saying You know All of that All of that. Uh, and uh, follow me at the political plug Instagram, TikTok At Toya G At the consciously I'm pretty sure y'all know where to find that nigga. Uh, yeah. But again, all we ask for just all we ask for is y'all support. We love having these conversations with y'all. We love breaking down this information. And and also, if y'all have anything y'all want us to talk about, like even that Clarence Thomas story, one of our viewers, I think was it Donnell that sent that uh, that sent us that. Shout out to Donnell. Mm. I think who Donnell sent always Clarence Thomas you know story. keeping us plugged in. It sent us stuff on multiple occasions, so it could have been. Yeah. But- yeah, yeah. So y'all, y'all, if y'all got some shit y'all want us to break down, get into, you know what I'm saying? Go ahead, go ahead and send it to us. We always uh, uh checking, making sure you know, we, we having the conversation that y'all want us to have. Uh, but y'all got anything else y'all want to say before we go? Hey man, shout out to Consciously, taking some time out, tapping in with the family. You know what I'm saying? This is family business, always, always, always. So it's just it feels good to my heart to have my boy on the on the screen, splitting three ways like we used to. You feel me? Yeah. Man, with that being said, we will see y'all next week. This is The Chop Up. We out. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.